From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox president Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Tuesday, August 2nd, 2022. Coming up this hour. Tensions escalate between the U.S. and China as Nancy Pelosi heads to Taiwan. Stocks drop around the world on the news. Team coverage is straight ahead. A top Al-Qaeda leader is killed in a U.S. drone strike. And another blowout earnings report by Big Oil. This time, it's BP. New York City, along with California, have declared a state of emergency because of monkeypox cases. Plus, it's primary day in five states. I'm Michael Barr. More ahead. I'm John Stash, Aaron Sports. Another Aaron Judge home run in a Yankees win. Seventh straight win for the Mets. Jacob DeGrom pitches tonight. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak. On Bloomberg 1130 New York. Bloomberg 991 Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 1061 Boston. Bloomberg 960 San Francisco. Sirius XM 119. And around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business app. Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow, and U.S. stock index futures are lower this morning. We are coming up to 6.01 on Wall Street, and we check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures down 30 points, Dow futures down 159, and NASDAQ futures down 127. 10-year Treasury is up 8.30 seconds, yield 2.54%, and the yield on the two-year, 2.85%. And NYMEX crude oil is down about a tenth of a percent, or 74 cents, at $93.17 a barrel. Nathan. Karen will have more on markets in just a minute. First, a major announcement from the White House. President Biden says a U.S. drone strike in Afghanistan killed one of the planners of the 9-11 attacks. Ayman al-Zawahri was the leader of al-Qaeda. No matter how long it takes, no matter where you hide, if you are a threat to our people, the United States will find you and take you out. A senior administration official tells us the drone strike had been planned for weeks and there were no civilian casualties. Well, Nathan, the strike comes about a year after the fall of Kabul to the Taliban and the U.S. military's hasty withdrawal from Afghanistan. Lester Munson, principal at the government relations firm BGR Group, says it's important to look at the attack from that context. What else is happening in Afghanistan? What are the other consequences of our withdrawal? This is one event. It may be a very significant one, but we do need to kind of put it in the constellation of all of the other information that we have. Lester Munson with BGR Group spoke with our Washington correspondent Joe Matthew on Bloomberg Sound On. Catch the program weekdays at 5 p.m. Eastern on Bloomberg Radio. Another major story we're following at this hour, Karen. U.S. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi expected in Taiwan this morning defying Chinese threats of military action over the visit. We get more from Bloomberg's Bruce Einhorn in Hong Kong. 
She has a long history going back to you know the early days of her career as a China hawk. She has a long record supporting um, human rights issues uh, related to China. She's met with the Dalai Lama. She's met with Joshua Wong, the pro-democracy activist from Hong Kong. She's met with uh, ethnic Uyghurs from Xinjiang. Uh, so this is just in keeping with the long history of Nancy Pelosi's position when it comes to highlighting human rights issues, democracy issues related to China. Bloomberg's Bruce Einhorn says Pelosi's trip would make her the highest-ranking American politician to visit Taiwan in 25 years. Well, Nathan, the escalating tension between the U.S. and China is impacting markets this morning. U.S. futures are lower and Asian stocks fell overnight. We get the recount from Bloomberg's Juliet Sally in Singapore. Good morning, Juliet. Good morning, Karen. China's CSI 300 extended its July losses and is now down around 9% from its June peak, moving closer towards a correction. Taiwanese stocks also came under pressure while the Taiwan dollar fell to a May 2020 low against the greenback. Investors flocked to safe havens with the yen rising against the dollar for a fifth session, its longest winning streak since April 2021. And Australian bonds rose while the Aussie dropped as the RBA became slightly less hawkish while still delivering another 50 basis points. Hike. In Singapore, Juliet Sali, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Juliet, thank you. In Europe this morning, shares of BP are up about 3%. The oil giant's second quarter adjusted net income was the highest since 2008. We get more from Bloomberg Intelligence senior energy analyst Will Hares. This is a very big beat from BP in 2Q, $8.5 billion in adjusted earnings. This is roughly more than $2 billion than the street consensus had estimated. Uh, a big driver here has been the, the oil trading division, which is not broken out by BP. Uh, the company cited they had exceptional oil trading returns, capturing value from some of that historic volatility we have seen. Will Harris with Bloomberg Intelligence says BP also increased its dividend and accelerated share buybacks. Well, Nathan, back here in the U.S., shares of Pinterest are surging up more than 18 percent. That's after Elliott Investment Management confirmed its stake as the company's top shareholder. And we get the story from Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet. Elliott says it approves of the company's leadership. Sales at Pinterest increased 9% to $665.9 million in the second quarter. Pinterest said it had 433 million monthly active users at the end of the period on June 30th, about the same as in the previous quarter, but a 5% decline from a year earlier. In New York, Charlie Pellet, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Charlie, thanks. And the earnings continue today with more than 40 companies reporting Uber Technology reports this afternoon. We get a preview from Bloomberg's Tom Busby. Investors will focus on two things from the second quarter results out today. Signs of how a shortage of drivers may have impacted its ride-hailing business and how much its food delivery unit, Uber Eats, may have suffered from rising food costs. Bloomberg Consensus calls for revenue of $7.39 billion at a loss of 25 cents per share. Total loss is forecast to be around $495 million. Tom Busby, Bloomberg Daybreak. Tom, thank you. Another corporate news this morning, the legal moves are heating up in Twitter's case against Elon Musk. We get the latest live from Bloomberg's Renita Young. Good morning, Renita. Good morning, Karen. Twitter is probing the social circle of Elon Musk. Lawyers are making far-reaching legal requests about his $44 billion deal to take Twitter private. That's according to legal documents obtained by the Washington Post. Now, Twitter's legal team asked for information about Silicon Valley elite investors, including David Sachs and Mark Andreessen.
Andreessen. And since some of the heavy hitters have not been named publicly in the deal, it suggests just how far Twitter is willing to go to force Elon Musk to honor the deal. Twitter is also probing Morgan Stanley, Bank of America, and other banks that committed to backing the acquisition. Live in New York, I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Daybreak. Thanks, Renita. S&P futures now are down 32 points. Dow futures down 170. NASDAQ futures lower by 132 points. That is a drop of 1%. Ten-year Treasury is up 7.30 seconds. The yield 2.54%. Straight ahead, your latest local headlines and a check of sports. This is Bloomberg. 607 on Wall Street, 71 degrees in Central Park. Northbound Route 35 is closed at the Victory Circle in South Amboy for an accident. Details coming up in traffic. First, Michael Barr with what else is going on in New York and around the world. Michael? Thank you very much, Nathan. New York City has declared a state of emergency as monkeypox cases continue to rise. A reporter asked Mayor Eric Adams if the city has, quote, dropped the ball on its response. Adams says it has done the best it could with the tools it had. We were receiving less than we deserved in vaccines. We advocated. We utilized our our direct communication with the White House to get more. About a quarter of all monkeypox cases in the United States are in New York City. An estimated 150,000 New Yorkers are at risk of monkeypox exposure. California has declared a state of emergency to deal with the outbreak of monkeypox. More in this live report from Bloomberg's John Tucker. John? Michael Governor Gavin Newsom made the declaration to bolster the state's vaccine efforts. It makes California the second state in three days to take the step. Nearly 800 cases have been reported in that state. He says he'll continue to work with the federal government to secure more vaccines, raise awareness about reducing risk, and stand with the LGBT community fighting stigmatization. The move comes after a similar declaration in New York State Saturday and in San Francisco Thursday. John Tucker, Bloomberg Daybreak. John, thank you, sir. It is primary day in five states. In Arizona, voters are choosing between candidates who say they wouldn't have certified the results of the 2020 campaign and those who argue it's time to move on. Other closely watched contests include races for Michigan's governor and Missouri's senator. Voters in Kansas will be the first to decide on abortion rights since the U.S. Supreme Court revoked Roe v. Wade. Washington state also holds primaries. The Ukrainian troops have made inroads into the Russian defenses and used U.S.-supplied rocket launchers to strike bridges and military infrastructure in the south. Moscow is diverting its forces from the Donbas region to counter the new threat. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts from more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg. Nathan. Thank you, Michael. 609 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update. Here's John Stashauer. Thanks, Nathan. It's been such a great baseball season in New York through four months, and both teams began August with victories. The Yankees 7-2, to the Mets 7-3. to In Washington, they stretched their winning streak to seven. The night after 19 hits, 13 more. Four by Brandon Nimmo. Home runs for Pete Alonso and Francisco Lindor to back Max Scherzer, who beat his old team, improved to 7-2. and Mets fans have dreamt about the one-two punch of Scherzer and Jacob DeGrom the night after. After Scherzer on the mound, it's DeGrom tonight making his long-anticipated season debut. I'm excited. Um, you know, like you said, it's been a long time. Um, you know, this has been a pretty slow process of coming back. So um, excited to be out there. Uh, nerves haven't really set in yet, but, you know, I'm sure Tuesday I'll be pretty nervous. And, uh, uh 
have a feeling it's going to feel like my debut. Meanwhile, at the stadium, familiar script for the Yankees. Four home runs, Anthony Rizzo, three-run homer before the Mariners recorded an out. His 26th and one inning later, sure enough, Aaron Judge is 43rd. Jose Trevino added two solo shots. Domingo Herman got his first win. He may be losing his spot in the rotation because the Yankees, before today's trade deadline, acquired Frankie Montas from Oakland. Also got reliever Lou Trevino. They acquired another reliever, Scott Efros from the Cubs. The arbitrator hired to rule on Deshaun Watson, gave him a six-game suspension for his sexual misconduct with masseuses. But under terms of the labor deal, the NFL, who wanted a longer suspension, can appeal basically to themselves and then can add more games, which could lead to a lawsuit by the union. So the Watson story is likely not over yet. John Stash, Edward, Bloomberg Sports. Nathan? All right, John, thank you. S&P futures now down 31 points. Dow futures down 169. NASDAQ futures are lower by 128 points. Uh, the DAX in Germany down 8 tenths percent. CAC in Paris down 6 tenths percent. Ten-year Treasury is up 630 seconds. The yield 2.55 percent. Yield on the two-year 2.85 percent. NYMEX crude down 9 tenths percent or 86 cents at $93.03 a barrel. With geopolitical risk taking the four this morning. We speak next with Liz Ann Saunders, Chief Investment Strategist at Charles Schwab. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg 1130 weather, sunshine, maybe a shower or thunder shower going up to near 90 today and tomorrow when it'll be sunny. Sunny, hot, humid for Thursday. Highs then near 95. Right now, 71 in Central Park. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. Stocks and U.S. stock index futures are falling amid escalating U.S.-China tension over Taiwan and deepening worries about a global economic slowdown, driving investors into the safety of government bonds. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures down 35 points. Dow futures down 196. And Nasdaq futures down 139. The DAX in Germany is down about 1%. Ten-year Treasury up 10.30 seconds, yield 2.53%. The yield on the two-year, 2.8%. 4%. NYMEX crude oil is down 1.2% on a dollar 11 at $92.78 a barrel. COMEX gold up three tenths percent or $4.90 at $17.92.60 an ounce. The euro 1.0236 against the dollar. British pound 1.2209 and the yen 130.90. And looking at Bitcoin this morning down one and a half percent at $22,775. Today we are watching for the Jolts and Jobs Report out at 10 o'clock Wall Street time. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Karen, thank you very much. President Joe Biden has announced that al-Qaeda leader Ayman al-Zwahari has been killed in a U.S. drone strike in Kabul. During an evening address, Biden is hailing the operation as delivering justice while expressing hope that it brings one more measure of closure to families of the victims of the 9-11 attacks. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi is expected to land in Taiwan today in defiance of Chinese threats. The trip 
would make Pelosi the highest-ranking American politician to visit the island in 25 years. In baseball, the Yankees beat the Mariners 7-2. The Mets beat the Nationals 7-3. The Red Sox and Orioles were also winners. The Giants lost to the Dodgers 8-2. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg Nathan. All right, Michael, thank you. It's 619 on Wall Street Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios. This is a Bloomberg Daybreak on a risk-off morning. We are joined by Lizanne Saunders, Chief Investment Strategist at Charles Schwab. Lizanne, it's really nice to have you back on the show with us. I'm really curious what you make of this market reaction where it does seem as though geopolitical risk is getting the attention of investors this morning. It is. To the extent you point to one particular thing for a a pre-open move in the market, there's obviously always lots of forces. I think the market's Strength suggests that there might be um, some investors looking for excuses to uh, take some profit. So some of it has to do with just the the, the nature of this rally and and now having, uh, I think, a reason to, to trim. And that's somewhat typical in these bear market rallies. Okay, so do you see further momentum then for the bear market rally beyond what's happening this morning? I, I think we have the strong likelihood that we continue to see some of these rallies. We've had several of them since the bear market began. This one has had some improvement in breadth statistics, but you still have a very anemic percent of stocks that have uh, moved to new highs, and you would expect to see a bit more of a burst there uh, typically. I think the market has largely priced in the tighter financial conditions environment, maybe even the slowing in economic growth, but what I don't think the market is yet priced in is what is likely coming in terms of weakening employment backdrop and a weaker earnings and profit margin backdrop, which hasn't shown up in earnest in second quarter, but I think will start to be reflected in estimates looking at the rest of this year. Interesting. That sort of leads us to what we could get from the jobs report coming out this Friday. What are your expectations there? Do you think we'll start to see some signs of weakness in the labor market? So expectation is is in the 250 or so range, and that's down from the high 300s from last month. So that would continue to mark a deceleration. And I think the the sort of innards of the jobs report will uh, be increasingly important. Um, everything from hours worked, the differential between the payroll survey and the household survey, that was stark uh, last month when we saw the better than expected payrolls, but negative household. And, and the two out of the last three months for the household survey from which the unemployment rate is calculated were negative. And the only reason why the unemployment rate didn't go up is because we saw weaker labor force participation rate. So I think it's beyond just the headlines of how many jobs were created, what is the unemployment rate, but the inner workings of what's going on in the labor market. And of course, preceding that on Thursday will be claims and and unemployment claims are now up by a percentage amount from the trough that is well beyond the average for recessions uh, historically. So uh, yes, labor market data is important, but you got to go beyond the headlines. Now, we got further signs of economic slowdown just this week from the ISM manufacturing index. Is the Fed starting to get the reduction in economic activity that it's looking for from aggressive policy? 
Yes, but as as Powell and many other Fed speakers have said, uh, in terms of the actual inflation data, whether it's PCE, whether it's CPI, they want to see a series of lower readings. So, yeah, the the leading indicators, including what was embedded in the ISM data that came out yesterday with the big drop in prices paid, the big drop in supplier deliveries. I put a chart out on Twitter today of of shipping rates from uh, Shanghai to Los Angeles all suggests we're going to start to see an easing in inflation. But given their emphasis on series, um, I don't think that this is a one-time deal where as soon as you see the peak is in um, on, on headline CPI or any other measure, that they're going to feel the ability to kind of take their foot off the, the brake. And I think that may be what the market might be having a bit wrong is this assumption that we're going to sooner rather than later get a Fed pivot, get some sort of Fed put. Um, I think that may be a bit too optimistic an assumption. Only about 30 seconds left here, Liz. And just to bring it back to geopolitics, if we do have these rising tensions between the U.S. and China, does that have implications for a global slowdown? Um, I think it has more implications for just the sentiment environment, which has been uh, pretty touchy anyway. Things like your policy uncertainty index probably uh, moves back higher. So I think it just adds to the uh, mix, even if it's not an immediate direct impact on, on the global economy. Thanks so much, Lizanne. Again, great having you with us this morning. Lizanne Saunders, Chief Investment Strategist at Charles Schwab. Right now, S&P futures are lower by 33 points. Dow futures down 188 and NASDAQ futures down 135 points. The 10-year Treasury is up 930 seconds now with the yield 2.53%. The yield on the two-year 2.85%. NYMEX crudes down 1% or 97 cents, $92.92 a barrel. Just ahead, more on the market reaction to Speaker Pelosi's Asia trip. And Twitter goes after Elon Musk's inner circle. Five things you need to know to start your day on Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg 1130 weather. Sunshine may be a shower or thunder shower today with a high near 90 degrees. Mostly sunny near 90 tomorrow. Sunny, hot, humid Thursday with a high then near 95. Right now, 71 in Central Park. Broadcasting live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studio in New York. Bloomberg 1130 to Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 991 to Boston. Bloomberg 1061 to San Francisco. Bloomberg 960 to the country. Sirius XM Channel 119 and around the globe. The Bloomberg Business App and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. on Wall Street. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. We are just about three hours away from the open of U.S. trading. Time for the five things that you need to know to start your day. Brought to you by Interactive Brokers. Interactive Brokers Global Analyst helps you find new global investment opportunities to diversify your portfolio and discover undervalued companies that may have greater growth potential. Try IBKR Global Analyst today at ibkr.com slash GA. Up first, President Biden addressed the nation last night saying a U.S. drone strike in Afghanistan killed out Qaeda leader Ayman al-Zawari, one of the planners of the 9-11 attacks. The president thanked experts and operatives who brought justice to al-Zawari. It is thanks to their extraordinary persistence and skill that this operation was a success. They made us all safer. 
And President Biden said he authorized the strike and that there were no civilian casualties. And we're also closely following Nancy Pelosi's expected to visit to Taiwan this morning, Karen. China is threatening military action over it, but the House Speaker should make the trip safely. That's according to U.S. National Security Council spokesperson John Kirby. We have indications that the Chinese might take some actions in a military way to protest a a trip by the speaker. What I wanted to make clear today was that we are going to make sure that if the speaker decides to go to Taiwan, she can do so safely. John Kirby with the National Security Council spoke with our Washington correspondent Joe Matthew. And the escalating tensions between the U.S. and China are affecting markets. Futures are lower. Asian stocks fell overnight. Well, Nathan, turning to corporate news now, legal moves are heating up in Twitter's case against Elon Musk, and Bloomberg's Renita Young joins us live with the latest. Good morning, Renita. Good morning, Karen. Twitter is probing the social circle of Elon Musk. Lawyers are making far-reaching legal requests about his $44 billion deal to take Twitter private. That's according to legal documents obtained by the Washington Post. Twitter's legal team asked for information about Silicon Valley investors, including David Sachs and Mark Andreessen. And since some of the heavy hitters have not been named in the deal publicly, it suggests just how far Twitter is willing to go to force Elon Musk to honor the deal. Twitter is also probing Morgan Stanley, Bank of America, and other banks that committed to backing the acquisition. Live in New York, I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Daybreak. Thanks, Renita. More than 40 companies report earnings today, including Uber and Starbucks. Pinterest shares are surging nearly 20% despite results that missed estimates. Elliott Investment Management confirmed its stake as the company's top shareholder. And Nathan, we just heard from Caterpillar. Its second quarter revenue just missing analyst estimates. That's the five things you need to know to start your day. Brought to you by Interactive Brokers. Local news straight ahead. Thank you, Karen. 633 on Wall Street. We're at 72 degrees in Central Park. Got an accident on the Northbound Garden State Parkway exit 135. We'll tell you more in traffic shortly. First, Michael Barr has what else is going on in New York and around the world. Michael. Thank you very much, Nathan. New York City Mayor Eric Adams defended his city's response to monkeypox. Adams declared a state of emergency over the virus. When asked whether the city, quote, dropped the ball in its response, Adams says the city is simultaneously dealing with multiple issues. We're moving together of still getting people vaccinated for COVID and still dealing with the monkeypox that's coming in. Meanwhile, California's governor has declared a state of emergency to combat the monkeypox outbreak. More in this live report from Bloomberg's John Tucker. John? Michael, nearly 800 cases of monkeypox have been reported in California. People getting sick so far have mainly been men who have sex with men, though health officials note that the virus can infect anyone. California joins Illinois and New York in announcing the emergency, which should bolster vaccination. The status change means emergency medical services personnel can now admit Minister Monkeypox shots similar to the authorization recently enacted for pharmacists. Live in New York, I'm John Tucker, Bloomberg Daybreak. Thank you very much, John. It is primary election day today in five states. In Kansas, abortion is on the ballot, with voters deciding whether residents should continue to have the right to an abortion under the state constitution. Pro-choice canvasser Jackie Clapper. Whatever your views are on whether you believe restrictions or no restrictions or whatever, it's just... Women should be able to make that choice for themselves. However, this man supports amending the Constitution, taking away the right to an abortion. This isn't about abortion. It is about do we want decisions made by a board of liberal judges with no input from the citizens of the state of Kansas. 
Michigan, Arizona, Missouri, and Washington State also hold primaries. New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy says a Jersey City Councilwoman displayed unacceptable behavior when she struck a bicyclist with her car and left the scene. Murphy stopped short of calling for her resignation, as some have demanded. Traffic cam video of the July 19th incident shows a car driven by Councilwoman Amy DeGuise striking food delivery man Andrew Black as he rode through a red light. Black suffered cuts and an ankle injury. Capital rioter Guy Reffitt was sentenced to spend more than seven years behind bars, the longest sentence yet. In the January 6th case, Reffitt was convicted for obstructing Congress, among other crimes. Global News, 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg Quick Tech, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg News. Thank you, Michael. Almost 6.36 on Wall Street. John Stashauer has the Bloomberg Sports Update. All right, Nathan. A lot of happy Mets fans. Seven-game winning streak. And Jacob deGrom on the mound tonight. Mets in Washington led 4-3. to three, Put the game away. Sixth inning. Two There's a drive in the air. Deep to left center. This one's got legs. It might go. And it's gone. And the Mets bullpen in left center field. A three-run homer to the opposite field. Hit by Francisco Lindor. It's his 18th home run of the year. He has now driven in 73 runs. WCBS to call 7-3 the final. Max Scherzer got the win. Patrick Corbin took the loss, his 15th loss of the season. And now it's DeGrom, baseball's best pitcher, but so often injured his first Mets start in more than a year. Juan Soto homered off Scherzer in what may have been his last game with the Nationals. Trade deadline. Six o'clock, Yankees busy the day before. They acquired three pitchers. A starter, Frankie Montas, comes from Oakland with reliever Lou, Lou Trevino. They also added reliever Scott Efros from the Cubs. And then the Yanks beat Seattle 7-2 to two at the stadium. Second three-run homer in as many days for Anthony Rizzo. Came first inning his 26th. And inning later, two-run shot from Aaron Judge. Continues his torrid pace, his 43rd homer. Ten in the last 11 games. Two solo shots for Jose Trevino. The Astros trying to catch the Yankees. They lost the Red Sox. Houston acquired catcher Christian Vasquez from Boston and first baseman Trey Mancini from Baltimore. The NBA is investigating whether the Knicks tampered in their signing of free agent Jalen Brunson. Greg Norman runs the new Live Tour. He told Fox News they offered Tiger Woods about $750 million. He said no. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports. Nathan? All right, John. Thank you. It is 637 on Wall Street. Time to take a look at stocks. Some of the names moving in the pre-market with Bloomberg Radio and TV markets correspondent Kriti Gupta looking under the hood of the geopolitical risk that has markets focused this morning, Kriti. Well, of course, everyone's talking about Nancy Pelosi and the visits to Taiwan. She is due to land there, I believe, in a couple of hours. Yeah. There is a, a little bit of a stock read through here. Now, you do have futures lower. A lot of this is coming from geopolitical tensions. And once again, Nathan, this feels like deja vu from the trade war, honestly. Right. But underneath the hood, you're also seeing a lot of this concentrated in the same names that were affected by the trade war. Take a look at some of these Chinese ADRs, for example. Alibaba, B-A-B-A. Shares are down 3.4% in the pre-market. It's a similar story when you look at the likes of Baidu, for example. B-I-D-U is your ticker, also down 3%. But really at the core of the issue when it comes to Taiwan – is semiconductors. It's chips production. And specifically when you have the United States that has recently packed two major acts uh, within Congress. The first is a $52 billion grant for a lot of these chip companies to start production within the United States. And then a $52 billion over five years, by the way, which is still a very, very small part of the industry. And then you have also these other um, 
kind of order from uh, the U.S. Commerce Base saying that Intel and the likes, they can't actually expand their fab capacity over in China. So that, of course, is a double whammy for stocks like Intel, for example. INTC is your ticker, down 1.3%. And Intel really just having a bad day, Nathan, because mm. on top of that, they also got cut to negative by S&P and downgraded to sell over at DZ Bank. So there is a lot happening with the chip space at the moment. Yeah, it's a multi-varied uh, U.S.-China tension story here. But we're also getting earnings uh, just this morning and wonder if that'll sort of bring the focus back to the economic slowdown story. You know, it's like stocks just won't get a break, will they? No. <laughs> so Caterpillar is the one that you want to keep your eye on. Of course, we look at this stock as a global proxy, as global bellwether, especially when it comes to Chinese demand, by the way. I would separate it from the Nancy Pelosi story, but this really is a story of uh, of investing, of growth, and specifically the property slowdown in the United States, CAT, excuse me, in China, and CAT is your ticker, down about four-tenths of one percent. And if you look at some of these numbers, Nathan, the revenue came in well, I, w- I don't want to say it was a massive miss, but it was a miss at the end of the day. The second quarter revenue, $14.25 billion relative to $14.37 billion. They are citing favorable price realization, a higher sales volume, but that's pretty much it. I'm going to quickly hit Pinterest here, Nathan. Okay. Bear with me. PINS is your ticker, up about 18% in the pre-market. And massive resilient result, Elliott Activist Management also saying that they're now the largest shareholder of Pinterest shares. Yeah, it seems to be helping. That's for sure. Thanks, Creedy. As always, Bloomberg Radio and TV Markets correspondent, Creedy Gupta. Stocks as a whole moving lower as we watch House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's plane this morning. S&P futures down 32 points. Dow futures down 198. NASDAQ futures are lower by 127. 10-year Treasury yield right now 2.54%. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg 1130 weather, sunshine today, maybe a shower or thunder shower going up to near 90. Mostly sunny, near 90 tomorrow. Mid-90s, sunny, hot, humid for Thursday. Right now, 72 in Central Park. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow, and futures are falling this morning. We go to the first word, breaking news desk for today's morning call. Here's Bill Maloney. Bill, good morning. And good morning, Karen. That's right. U.S. futures are in the red right now. Dow futures down 202 points. SMBs dropped 32. Well, NASDAQ futures are off by 123. The U.S. 10-year yield at 2.54%. Gold is up 3. Oil is down. And Bitcoin trading lower by 1.5%. Hong Kong dropped 2.4% overnight, while European markets are in the red led by losses in Italy. Back in the U.S. on the economic front at 10 o'clock, the jolts job openings. And after the bell last night, Pinterest reported shares are up 19% in the pre-market. Regarding some of the earnings this morning, Caterpillar was mixed and Lear cut its fiscal year net sales forecast. On the geopolitical front, Pelosi is expected to land in Taipei at 1020. And in deal news, this just hit. TD Bank to buy Cowan for $39 per share. Wrapping things up, Intel was cut to sell over at DZ Bank. Live from the first of breaking news desk, I'm Bill Maloney. Karen? All right, Bill, thank you. Yeah, we're watching shares of Cowan up 8.4% right now in the early trade. And here live breaking news over your Bloomberg-type squawk on your terminal, S-Q-U-A-W-K. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Karen, thank you very much. President Biden says that a U.S. airstrike killed al-Qaeda leader Ayman al-Zwahira in a drone strike. The White House says that the al-Qaeda leader was essentially provided
at Safe Harbor in downtown Kabul by senior leaders of the Taliban network. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi continues her Asia trip, and it appears she will make a controversial stop in Taiwan. China warns that it would never sit idly by if Pelosi goes through with his visit to Taiwan, which China claims as its own. In baseball, the Yankees beat the Mariners 7-2. The Mets beat the Nationals 7-3. The Red Sox and Orioles were also winners. The Giants lost to the Dodgers 8-2. Global News, 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take. Powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries, I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg Aaron. All right, Michael, thank you. It is 649 on Wall Street, and we turn to news in science and technology now with the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report. It is brought to you by New Jersey Institute of Technology, ranked a top 50 national public university by U.S. News and World Report and top 10 in the nation for engineering by money.com. Learn more at njit.edu. Now, here's what's making news in science, technology, engineering, and math. President Biden is set to name top officials from the Federal Emergency Management Agency and the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention to serve as the White House coordinators to combat the growing monkeypox outbreak. The White House said Biden will announce later today that he has tapped Robert Fenton as the White House coordinator. Dr. Dmitry Daskalakis of the CDC will be named his deputy. A group of top scientists claim experts are ignoring the worst possible climate change catastrophic scenarios. Eleven scientists from around the world are calling on the United Nations Intergovernmental panel on climate change to do a special science report on catastrophic climate change to bring into focus how much is at stake in a worst-case scenario. In their perspective piece in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences, they raise the idea of human extinction and worldwide societal collapse, calling it a dangerously underexplored topic. And last week's $52 billion aid package for U.S. chip makers included a significant provision. Companies that receive the funding have to promise not to increase their production of advanced chips in China. The curbs will hit companies such as Intel and Taiwan Semiconductor. That's a Bloomberg NJIT STEM report. Nathan. Thank you, Karen. We are live from the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios, where it's just about 6.51 on Wall Street. Time now to check what's going on in D.C. Some of the top stories in our nation's capital include President Biden hailing a drone strike that killed an architect of 9-11. Speaker Pelosi poised to visit Taiwan as China threatens military action. And cinema's silence on Manchin's deal keeps everyone in Washington guessing. Let's bring back Bloomberg Washington correspondent Joe Matthew, host of Bloomberg Radio's Sound On. Uh, Joe, the big mm. news last night from President Biden. Ayman al-Zawahri, the leader of al-Qaeda, is off the terrorist battlefield. Yeah, a big moment and a big win for the administration that argued uh, for this idea of over-the-horizon missions like we saw here. Drone strikes, essentially, attacks from outside of the country in terms of counterterrorism. There were a lot of doubts following our withdrawal from Afghanistan that these would work. And, of course, we had a real botched attempt at one of them uh, about a year ago. When 10 civilians were killed after we dropped uh, a drone strike on what we thought was a terrorist moving through Afghanistan, in this particular case, we're not only talking about one of the architects of 9-11, but even the USS Cole bombing uh, a year earlier, and someone who had been sought uh, for years and years. Joe Biden managed to stand up in front of the nation last night from the Blue Room balcony, isolating with COVID, his rebound case of COVID, to announce the kill. It's considered a big win for the White House and for the U.S., frankly. 
How was the U.S. able to pull off this win, given that, as you say, there are no longer boots on the ground in Afghanistan? Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, look, we could have received uh, information from someone on the ground. There could be covert operations there, obviously, we don't know about, or they wouldn't be covert. But as far as we understand, we do not have... Uh, the intelligence community does not have a presence on the ground. And, of course, we know that there are no military boots on the ground. It's entirely possible this came from high above. We've got satellites over that country. We've got drones over that country. And we know that they were pursuing this individual. They found him in a safe house. Uh, and they even uh, constructed a model of a house, Nathan, and presented it to the president last month in July. That's when he greenlit this operation. And only days later, when he stepped out onto the balcony, uh, the drone strike hit him. Well, it seems as if as if this uh, triumphant moment for the U.S. is being overshadowed by the uh, tensions between the U.S. and China, with Speaker Pelosi expected within hours mm-hmm. to visit Taiwan. Uh, where are we going here in terms of the U.S.-China relationship, Joe? Well, the White House says we're not going anywhere. Nothing's changed. That was uh, the refrain from John Kirby yesterday in the briefing room and in an interview with Bloomberg News. No change to our stand on the one China policy, and there is precedent, as he made clear, for this trip. Having seen speakers of the House go, it's been a while since Newt Gingrich went, but we've seen Codells, these congressional delegations that travel uh, to Taiwan uh, repeatedly. This is this is nothing new. The timing, though, is curious, as, of course, President Xi seeks a third term. And there does seem to be this feel in China that the U.S. is backing away from the one-China policy with a trip like this. Uh, look, the White House did not confirm that she's going. These are still technically reports, even though we are expecting her to touch down. Questions about what will happen when she gets there. She'll have a military escort, but unclear exactly how visible uh, this trip will be, how visible her activities will be, particularly if she's uh, going to be touching down here shortly. We might have to wait until after the fact to see images, Nathan. But even uh, if the uh, speaker were to back down, I mean, it's it would be a difficult proposition at this point for her to to call off this trip, given that she's yeah. signaled at least that this is happening, right? I mean, she's got bipartisan support for making this trip. I think that's true. In fact, Republicans until just a couple of days ago were the ones saying, go ahead, it's an ally. What's the problem? It was the White House that was concerned. Of course, the president said publicly uh, that the U.S. military had issues, had concerns about her going, didn't want her to go right now. And that's why we knew there was a little bit of friction here. We have to remember this trip was actually scheduled originally back in April. And Nathan, nobody was talking about it then. This was not a major controversy. Granted, she didn't get as close as she is right now. Uh, But when Nancy Pelosi came down with COVID, that's why they postponed the trip. It's only since uh, the last couple of weeks of of talk and rhetoric that this has become such a controversy. Our last minute here, Joe. Uh, What's going on with the uh, Inflation Reduction Act, the Joe Manchin, Chuck Schumer deal? Wish I could tell you. Well, first of all, we don't know where (laughs) Kirsten Sinema is, and I think you were wise to point out her name in the outset of this conversation. Uh, I don't know how many more days we can go on without knowing here, but I guess, you know, Sinema's probably waiting for the birdbath to finish. Uh, The Senate parliamentarian is still scrubbing the text of this bill to make sure that it all qualifies for what we call a reconciliation bill. It's got to be a a budget-related matter. And so Republicans are trying to kick out portions of this, much like they did with Build Back Better, beginning with the prescription drug plan uh, that was set to lower prices, allowing the government to negotiate lower prices with pharmaceutical companies. Is that a budget matter? It's going to depend on how exactly the parliamentarian looks at this. Joe Manchin and Chuck Schumer say they were very careful in writing the language so this would pass the test.
Well, while we're waiting for man, uh, for cinema to come down on this, I mean, yeah. what kind of incoming is she getting? I mean, she's got to be getting lobbied on all sides to go oh, one God. way or the other, right? Absolutely. Not just lobbyists trying to pull her in one direction or the other, not just her colleagues in the Senate from both sides of the aisle who feel comfortable reaching out, but also media. You know, when senators come back today, they're going to be – reporters will be crawling the halls looking for her, and it's probably uh, at some point here in the next week going to have to uh, emerge where exactly Kirsten Cinema is. But she does have an opportunity to say, look, I haven't seen the bill. I'm waiting for the uh, parliamentarian to rule. I'll let you know when I have a chance to read the 725 pages. And uh, that could take the rest of this week. Well, we'll see what you get as you join the press corps and uh, hound <laughs> Kirsten Cinema today. Joe we'll Matthew, you know our Washington, yeah, appreciate that. Joe Matthew, our Washington correspondent, host of Sound on Catch It weekdays, 5 p.m. Eastern on Bloomberg Radio, and uh, get more on all these stories, Bloomberg.com and the Bloomberg Terminal. S and P futures now down 32 points. Dow futures down 216. Nasdaq futures are lower by 125 points. The 10-year Treasury is up 5.30 seconds. Yield 2.5. Five percent yield on the two-year right now, two point eight five percent. Looking at commodities, Nymex crude is down six tenths percent or fifty-seven cents, ninety-three thirty-two a barrel. Comex gold up about a tenth percent, two bucks seventy, seventeen ninety forty gets you an ounce of gold on the Comex. Euro one point zero two two eight against the dollar. Bloomberg surveillance is next. For Karen Moscow, I'm Nathan Hager, and this is Bloomberg. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox President Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF.